Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Ty Siegel's second self-titled album, which starts out with a song called Break a Guitar. second self-titled album he's certainly putting it out there that this is a uh, reintroduction as an artist and so this first track I think is a little of that but I love that it's so kind of ambiguous that there's this message actually not in that first chorus but the subsequent choruses of not it's gonna rain but I was made in the rain which is such a I don't know what it means but it just is very evocative Yeah, I mean, the fact that this is his second self-titled album kind of tells you how prolific he's been. And he's only 29, which is kind of crazy. And this is his ninth studio album. And he's also put out a live album and a bunch of other compilations and collaborations. So this is somebody who just seems to never sleep. And so I I think part of the reason, at least my interpretation of why this is self-titled, even though it's his second self-titled record, is I think it kind of provides a good look of everything that he's done up until now and sort of how he sees himself as an artist. And actually, we've thought about doing Ty Siegel albums in the past, but never I never thought it was really the right entry point to talk about. But I think if you're if you've never listened to him before, this is a good first record to listen to. Yeah, and I am one of those people who has, you know, he's he's almost a little intimidating, like I know how well regarded he is, but there is so much stuff out there that there hasn't seemed to be a good entry point. And I keep hearing, oh yeah, this guy's good, and I never really get into it, and then to listen to this album, and I, this first track is such a great welcome, like it's just noisy, but melodic, and his voice is really strong and it's it's pretty simple but then there's these nice little kind of structural touches he does where he has that kind of instrumental opening and that's like you know verse chorus instrumental but then after the second time he kind of suddenly shortens it where the instrumental gets shorter and then there's this weird little like fragment of a of a verse before going into the instrumental bridge and so it's this nice little way of getting you off kilter and he's taking this very simple structure but still doing really interesting stuff with it that makes it not boring and also just you know, these songs are generally pretty short. I think this is one of the longer ones on the album. It's what, three and a half minutes, but they feel very expansive. Mm. And I think that's certainly here. It feels epic and so quickly. And it's a great start. And I think that high energy that comes in here certainly continues on the next track. It's called Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> 
part of the reason I had never gotten much into Ty Siegel, even though he's a Californian and he's had a lot of involvement in the San Francisco scene, is that I'm not into the really sludgy garage rock, very fuzzy sound. And I feel like this song in particular represents the break that this album takes and just a much more pop sensibility and it's got an acoustic guitar and everything and you know he's friends and collaborators with Michael Cronin who we've talked about on the podcast before who has a very pop sound and I really like a lot and he plays on this record and I feel like you can really hear his influence in this sound in particular yeah there's a great blend and I like even on this song that there is a this great contrast where you had that first instrumental which is something pure acoustic with a very simple uh you know a very simple drumming and then when it comes back and then there's electric laid on top of it and it just builds that energy and this is such a i mean this is an incredibly short song it's what about two minutes long and last over half a minute of that is just instrumental jamming but it gets so much of this sense of kind of claustrophobia the entire lyrics of like i can feel my freedom and it's inside my head and there's a sort of kind of obsessive feeling of just kind of pounding away at something and it's so intense. And then the contrast between that, a pounding away, and then, oh, I feel the air, it's clear, I'm not scared. And so kind of breaking free of these restrictions. Uh, and then in the second verse, he talks about him getting closer to the medicine. So, you know, I think this suggests, you know, people struggling with problems and you know, perhaps mental health issues without going into so much detail. I don't know his personal story, but again, this evocative, not going into too much detail is so great. Yeah, and, and we didn't play it to the end, obviously, but... The, it just kind of ends with it just sort of peters out and there's some tamarind shaking and then it's over. And I, I like that that captures the way that this whole record feels very spontaneous. And it was recorded live to tape with all the band playing together, which I think is a first for him. And it really feels so spontaneous. And I think that really comes through in the next song, which is over 10 minutes long. We're just going to play a short snippet that's called Warm Hands, parentheses, Freedom Return. As you might expect from a song that long, a fair bit happens and it does a really good job of keeping us not from getting bored, even though it's 10 minutes long, because I think while nominally one song, I think it's maybe four or five song, depending on (laughs) how you count it. So there we couldn't capture that. But I did like that we have that like really aggressive kind of jam in the middle, turning into this almost jazzy kind of psych 
uh, instrumental section that then goes for almost four minutes. Yeah, and it starts out with this very kind of slow beginning that reminded me a lot of White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And it's just kind of talking about like walking in the grassy field and my my fingers like start to feel... Or my, I need replacements for my bones is he, the line yeah, that I like. I, I picture him hanging out at Hippie Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just turns into this like hardcore jam out and then like very, you know, the shredding guitar and it's very proggy. It just covers all yeah, kind of ground. I'm going to give you shame. I'm going to give you shame. It's so angry. But then just randomly, as suggested by the title, recapitulates the previous song. And we have, again, that same sort of like, I'm not scared. I'm I breathe the air, except or I feel the air, but still like even more noisy and kind of more distorted and crazy. And it's so ambitious and just very entertaining. Like I normally this sort of self-indulgent stuff, I just said, oh, and I, this is really fun to listen to. Yeah. And I think this record is sequenced very well because we have this first like one, two, three punch. And then this is kind of like the peak where it's just completely over the top and it's 10 minutes long and it has this long instrumental jam. And then after that, we have all of the rest of the songs. There's really only nine tracks because the, the last one is just a little burst of guitar noise. But all of the remaining tracks are, you know, like three minutes long, very tight and kind of pop sounding running through a different a whole array of styles and so it's kind of like there's this big statement up front and then the rest is just kind of all over the place but yeah. in a good way yeah i mean it can be you know i i do get concerned a little bit about the you know anticlimactic like so much energy up front and then maybe a little less energy but still great songwriting so let's hear the first of those quieter tunes it's a song called talking talking excuse me with a pop <laughs> you talking about your friends saying you don't like them I heard you talking that Sammy Cross saying you're sick of his big mouth I heard you talking about Molly about how she just wants her weight in gold I heard you talking about Philip Jean About how he's the boss and he's so mean I think you're talking, talking about yourself I think you're talking Talking about yourself I think you're talking Talking about yourself So we go from this incredibly expansive crazy jam out to a song that's kind of almost all country and is about about something very prosaic the truism that when you're gossiping and saying negative things about people you know it just kind of reflects poorly on yourself and that's just such a i don't know it, it's, it's such a shift in tone yeah it's so it's so simple and stripped down but you know, I like that we go from this thing that could play at, you know, you could imagine some Bill Graham Presents psychedelic freakout playing yeah. that previous song. And then this feels like it's at some little club in the 60s. Uh, or hardly strictly bluegrass. Or, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just very different sounds. And 
but it's also it does feel like you know it's simple but there's a certain amount of maturity here i mm-hmm. feel like this is at least someone who's kind of starting to figure out like oh this is how what are the signs of someone who's not toxic but just kind of unproductive like and so i love that there's kind of that bridge it's like now everyone's talking about you like yeah that just that bringing it on yourself mm-hmm. and just complaining <laughs> And I think the shift in tone also speaks well to his versatility. And this song has got kind of like a honky tonk piano sounding. And you heard maybe steel guitar. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure, but it just it has that re- that reverb and that mm-hmm. instrumental at the opening does mm-hmm. just have that real kind of twangy sound to it. It's really effective. And yeah, the piano kind of coming in at the end, and even the fact from a stru- structural standpoint that it then just has that sort of instrumental that just fades out at the end, which mm-hmm. is a little old-fashioned now Mm -hmm. like you know i I feel like a few decades ago someone figured out like oh you can just end your songs by fading them out and became Mm -hmm. ubiquitous and i feel like it's not as common these days and it's almost charmingly retro so it fades out and it goes right into another heavy psych jam called the only one explores yet another totally retro style and it's such a blast that he's going back to this like kind of early 70s where artists like led zeppelin or the, or black sabbath were taking sort of the bluesy influences and turning it into what became heavy metal and it sounds so good like that guitar solo especially is just amazing yeah I, i've heard his style described as glam garage rock and it is kind of like a t-rex versus uh, I don't know, Black Sabbath, I guess, yeah. sort of mashup. And in fact, his last, it wasn't his last record, but maybe last, anyway. It's called Tyrex and it's all T-Rex covers. Yeah, adorable. And and one of the fun things here, and this is on a lot of those songs, and I keep forgetting to mention it, but a lot of the use of the stereo uh, mixing here where you'll have one guitar in the left ear and the other guitar in the right ear. And I feel like it's so extreme. Again, it's almost a little old fashioned Mm -hmm. and playful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you really get sort of the gong, gong, gong on the left ear and then the the right ear. And it's just really incredible shredding. And I kind of just wanted to only play the guitar solo here because it's just so incredible. Just 
fast and energetic and well yeah and i, and I i'm always a sucker for you know throwing a bunch of uh triplets into a 404 song to throw you kind of off kilter that na 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 into you're getting a lot of good samples for your adam's guitar no we heard it once (laughs) but yeah it's uh so fun and also i think but thematically like sonically it's so different from the earlier songs but then thematically like that old song being kind of hey someone who's gossiping about other people but it's just talking about himself or herself and then this one as well like hey you're kind of running away from the world and looking at yourself and hey you're looking at yourself and what's the problem here it's like what's you're looking you're looking inward and hey you're seeing yourself and I think it's it's nice to contrast that. I'm not going to read too much into it, but it's just a, such a, can I call it a barn burner? Sure. <laughs> and so from that, we go to the next song in yet another style. It's also a barn burner. Well, the entire album is mostly barn burners, but this one's called Thank You, Mr. K. there was actually the end of the song and it comes in the it comes after this rave up that goes through two verses and choruses and then just all those instruments kind of drop out and then there's something being like it sounds like something glass being smashed with a hammer and then it starts up again for that last this this like crazy piano jam like on a honky-tonk piano i don't know not a honky-tonk piano he gave me a look anyway like just a a really like intense piano jam and then goes into that end and so that song is just like so high energy and never lets up yeah it's it's such a blast and i think it's maybe going to more of like a pure garage sound just in terms of being a little unhinged and feeling kind of out of control a little bit like they're really you know they're incredibly skilled and very tight band but here i feel like they're letting themselves be a little shaggy and the glass shattering sort of embodies that of just we're we're breaking the rules let's shatter some glass and have just a blast and to and then combined with these sort of very spooky and kind of nonsensical lyrics and it's one of those songs where at the end i'm like hey was that about drugs and hey maybe i don't know i'm out of it is that mr k some cool slang the kids are using these days i'm not sure (laughs) but uh you know regardless of what it means it's really a a fun fun song special k (laughs) could be um but the the really highlights how tight the band is and this is the band that he toured with through most of 2016 and it, you can tell that they've played together for quite a while and played a lot of live sets because it's just they really they I, you know i hate to keep using the word tight but they're very tight it's it's a good word to describe what they're doing yeah to, to, that you can do something this kind of out of control and still feel like every piece is in just the right place and so much thought 
went into making it sound this crazy but yeah. also amazing yeah uh so then there's another real tonal shift when we go into orange color queen not a song about trump it's about his girlfriend and that's what we'll play next it wants to know i don't want to call you baby amazing to me is that i didn't notice just when listening to the album how jarring these shifts of tone should be like every style is so different and here yeah we're back to this very acoustic kind of sweet love song albeit one that just uses insane lyrics to describe a person being a tree inside of an airplane i kept hearing that lyric and i was like i was like am i hearing that right Oh you're, I, oh, you're I, a tree inside an airplane. I, I heard the same lyric, and apparently people on the internet, oh. whom you can always trust, mm. heard the same lyric. But again, very sweet and just like, oh, it's sort of so simple. But also, I keep you know, mentioning these little things, but structurally, it's able to play with the idea that I, like the verse and chorus distinction is just completely torn apart here. I feel like there's these multiple different chunks of verse and then the same chorus twice just at different tones where it's like, oh, I'll sing it. Now I'll do a falsetto with different lyrics where the lyrics get kind of more goofy about you're a cherry fizzle Sunday and just very kind of over, so saccharine. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, what um, I think, you know, what holds together the shifts in tone, I think, are in large part his voice that's very distinctive. And I think we talked about this. I think I might have said the same thing with Greg Laswell in the last record. But he's got a, vo- a voice that kind of ties all the songs together. And even though they're in different styles, he's got this kind of high-pitched, almost falsetto sound that almost sounds like it has an affected British accent, which is a little <laughs> weird. And I guess that's a nod to kind of the stones and the kinks and the 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 folks that he's sort of alluding to here but i feel like that is the the thread that runs through all these songs and makes them sound less disjointed put all together here on an album yeah is his voice and I, and i think since i think i've thought of him always as playing really loud music and so i think the voice has not had as maybe as much opportunity to shine and i think here where the music quiets down and like it's actually pretty strong mm-hmm. and here also i think he makes good use of I don't know if it's his voice double tracked or maybe Michael Cronin coming in or some, but some other voices kind of coming in and with also that same kind of stereo effect where you hear one voice in one ear and the other voice in the other ear and they really complement each other and give it this added sweetness to suit the tone of this love song. But then, you know, I, I think these sort of very stereotypical kind of broad tones, I think 
this it gets a little more personal maybe toward, as we approach the end of the song uh, end of the album rather with this next song called Papers when it speaks I am feeling the lines of meat living here I shall keep all I'm doing And when it speaks I write the view But my papers, they depend on tape I stuck them to the wall Yes, the papers depend on tape so much nonsense in those lyrics it's almost unparsable and then you know the chorus is just my papers they depend on tape i stuck them to the wall okay i don't know if that's a metaphor for something but it's just it's very weird and very silly and kind of does a good job of characterizing this album and by the way i don't i i I think you would say that that's the penultimate track because again the last track is just a little throwaway it is important to determine which track is the penultimate track but uh you know i i for whatever reason, maybe I'm overly prone to find profundity where there's silliness. But to me, it just, you know, I describe this as being personal because I feel like it's this notion of, you know, as an artist, you're trying to get your message out there and like to the papers are the message. And then the tape is kind of all the crap you need to deal with. And, you know, you just having a message isn't enough. Like you actually have to do the work. Oh, and I like so, that. And, and especially like he, there's that uh, line in there where it's like, hey, you know, there's the cries, I'm lazy. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you're you, that, you, yeah, you can't just have a message. And so clear, and this guy has done the work. Think, look at how many albums he's put out and how many people he's collaborated with. But, you know, as, uh, you know, I think a lot of people who are even in not particularly creative fields, but there's still that notion of like, oh, I have this, you know, I have the idea and isn't that enough? I'm like, no. And so to, that to me, I fe- it felt very like a personal artist statement. Well, and I think especially as a mu- musician, it's like you can have talent, but unless you work at it and really, you know, like work at yeah. m- making a place for your creativity, there's the day-to-day just sitting down and writing and practicing. And, and especially when you're just starting out, it's like, hey, you have to put those flyers up. Yeah. Uh, and you're putting the flyers up on a, the, on, a, yeah. on, a, on a telephone pole and maybe taping them up there. Yeah. I so, don't know that people do that anymore. You put your music up on SoundCloud. Well, but when was he, when yeah. he was starting, exactly. <laughs> but no, so it felt very personal. And it just that, and even like it ends, like take me back there, take me, take me home where it's, and it's almost like this very nostalgic kind of to when he was just starting out as an artist to me. And so again, it's this great reintroduction. And the entire album is that, that it's, you know, all these different styles. It works really cohesively as an album. And, you, you know, we mentioned that little 10 second uh, outro coda to the album and it's like pure instrumental and it's actually feels like them practicing to start the first song. So it actually, yeah. the song is like, the album is perfectly designed to be listened to on repeat because yeah, that last song say, yeah i didn't le- notice that until i was listening to it yeah on repeat leads in, yeah so it sounds like it was made for us yeah and even like the cover has little helpful hints on how to pronounce his name which yeah. is just very charming and yeah it's a very impressive album it's what 36 minutes pretty brief uh and just so much going on a really fantastic listen here at the beginning of 2017 yeah and especially if you live in the bay area 
I mean, he lives in Laguna Beach now, I, I believe, but he's had a lot of influence on the local scene here in San Francisco. And so if you've been hearing his name but haven't really found a good entry point into this, his music, I think this is a great place to start. It's a great record. Check it out. We've been, Again, we've been talking about Ty Siegel's second self-titled record, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thank you for listening. We'll go out on his last, the last real song that's called Take Care to Comb Your Hair. Take care to brush your long hair When you can't brush it any longer It might just disappear Disappear, disappear, oh, 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 disappear.